You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. Episode 6 of The Collected Podcast with Jess Biondo, Tia McNelly, Michaela Hooper. And today on the podcast, we have Jess Connolly. We are so thrilled <laughs> that we were um, able to connect with Jess. We had kind of a chance meeting. We have known of each other for so long, and I ran into her at a conference recently, and we were like, wait, we know each other, but not really. <laughs> this is kind of strange. And so after the conference, um, her her husband Nick came came by and bought a um, a flourish hat from Flourish Kenya because we had a booth set up at this conference. And so we just kept talking, and we were able to connect uh, to get her on the podcast. You guys, she is an uh, an author of five books. She's a church leader. She and her husband mm-hmm. have Bright City Church in Charleston, South Carolina, and um, she also is an entrepreneur. She has a company called. All Good Things Collective, and she also just recently launched a coaching business called Go and Tell Gals. She has a podcast for Go and Tell Gals called Go and Tell Gals. <laughs> and a blog. And a blog, yes. What doesn't she do? She I does know. everything, <laughs> and she does it in, with so much grace. She, mm-hmm. first and foremost, loves Jesus, and you are going to hear that all over this interview. So without further ado, here's our interview with Jess Connolly. You guys, we are so excited today. We have Jess Connolly with us. Welcome, Jess. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really genuinely so grateful. Yeah, you bet. You are living in the podcast realm right now too, right? You just launched one. I am dipping my toes into the podcast water, yes. I'm <laughs> I'm a newbie, but I'm loving it so far. Well, we are in the exact same boat. Good so company, right here. <laughs> for sure. Jess, we we have connections that go way back um, to high school and church youth group, but we really yes. just met recently, didn't we? Yes, yes, that was literally like the funniest meeting because um, I, I, you know, I totally knew who you were, and I was like, no, I know that I know you. <laughs> That's I, so strange. I know you. I like know people who know you. We we know each other exactly. So this I makes have total heard sense. Your name for years. Yes, and same here, obviously. So we're so grateful. Um, Michaela is holding your brand new book, uh, Dance Stand Run. Woohoo! It's awesome. I just started it and I'm loving it. So um, I was so excited when I found out we were going to get a chance to talk to you. So, how did you, what inspired this book? Like, what was the, the point at which you were like, okay, this book has to happen? Yeah, Dance Stand Run was a really personal, um, personally motivated piece of content. Um, so my husband and I are, we live in Charleston, South Carolina, and we started church here about five years ago. And um, we basically just came to this crossroads where we realized that our people really understood grace or some version of grace, um, and that holiness was this a really foreign concept and that there was even 
not only just misconceptions around the theology of holiness, but um, misconceptions about how we utilize our own holiness and view God as holy. And I, I really just started asking the question, like, have I forgotten about holiness? Do I really understand what my holiness means, how, where and how and when I intersect with God's holiness and, and like what that means over my life. And so, um, it's really a long book, just kind of sorting out the semantics and, and why the semantics matter and why what we say about those things, how it kind of dictates how we live and respond to them. Yes. I, from the get go, I was like, thank you for bringing clarity. Um, that's the foundation to me of mm. what you did in this book. Like from the start, there was, it was just so clear. This was your process. And then from that, from that point, you were able to just, um, challenge us as the readers. Like, I loved that, that you were vulnerable in ensuring your process of getting to, um, just a greater understanding of who God is. So yeah, just, I, I found out about Wild and Free um, when it was newly released. What year did Wild and Free come out? It came out in 2016. Okay, yeah. So I was actually on a plane on the way to Kenya, and um, a friend of mine told me about Wild and Free. So I downloaded it uh, when I got to the next airport and listened to it throughout my that trip and it w- it was the most perfect timing i needed so badly to understand that i was not too much for yeah. people and that really transformed um some thinking for me so thank you for that book as well mm, you're so welcome yeah well so besides your writing what else what else you have a lot going on <laughs> I do. I got a lot going on. Um, I mean, I've got four kids. So first and foremost, you know, I mean, that just that that dictates a very wild and messy life in and of itself. Um, I've got four kids. My husband and I lead the church here in Charleston. And so, um, you know, that's like the part of our life. And, and most people who are in any kind of like church ministry understand it's usually like the part of your life you can talk about the least online. No one can really see it. But it makes up a very a very large chunk of our time and our sure. energy and our effort. Um, and I would say outside of our kids, it's also like our most favorite part of our life too. Um, yeah. And on top of that, I also co-own a small business called All Good Things Collective, where we create products to help women just find the abundance in their everyday life. And um, we specifically do that through art and um, just life-giving t-shirts and hats and stuff like that, tools to help women study the Bible and find abundance. Um, and I also just started another business called Go and Tell Gals, which is really just um, really just an avenue to hopefully equip and encourage women to use their gifts where they're at. Which we love because that is so much a part of what Collected is about. And Jess, all these things that you do are so incredible and so empowering for women. How did you start this? What led you down this path um, to finding that this is your passion? Yeah. Well, I mean, literally with everything I do, (laughs) with whether it's writing or small business, it's always born out of some kind of need for me. So actually, I was in an Uber the other day and I um, an Uber driver, the Uber driver was driving me home from our shop, from our, our small business. And 
Um, he was asking how I got started, and I was like, man, this is like the true elevator pitch because this is someone who, like, may or may not walk with God, may or may not understand the, the like, concept of, like, Instagram. Um, and I am really just, like, telling him the real deal story. So, um, essentially, for me, it, like, it all, all started um, with with our small business, All Good Things Collective, because I wanted scripture on my walls. But all of this at the time, eight or so years ago, any kind of like art that was biblically based was really cheesy and like, yeah. and so I was like, Word. okay, we need more artistic art that <laughs> is beautiful and also like inexpensive for women to be able to write scripture on their walls. And so out of that came that business. And um, Wild and Free, same kind of came out of this like desire um to, to hear the message that I most needed to hear, that I'm uh, to preach the message that I most needed to hear, mm-hmm. um, and and so really most of everything that I do is born out of like I need this and no one else is doing it, um, mm-hmm. or or maybe I just haven't come across people doing it in this context, and so kind of why not me? Um, right. If, if, if I feel this way, there must be more women who feel this way. So why not? That's totally. Yeah. I love, thank you so much for, um, creating beautiful up to date art for our houses. We appreciate that. I don't know if I can take any more lighthouses. So many great people doing it. So I'm so grateful. I feel like the tide has definitely changed. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about the power of writing scripture on your walls. Like why does that feel significant to you? Do you have a story there or an experience? Absolutely. Well, when I started the company, the, the month we started the company was um, March 2011. And um, the very first scripture print we ever created was Psalm 46.5, the Lord's in the midst of her, she will not be moved. Yes. Um, and we started with that verse because my daughter was um, in the ICU diagnosed with just a really crippling um, seizure disorder. And that verse was the one that people kept giving me for her. Um, and so on my, like, husband's, you know, seminary laptop, having no design skills, I went to PowerPoint and made a quick design and had it printed at Kinko's so that I could put it on my walls. Because I thought, like, everybody's giving us this verse. Um, it must be purposeful. And so... um over the next few months, we um, I started really struggling with um, postpartum depression. We ended up losing a baby, and it was just this extreme season of brokenness where I needed scripture. I needed the word of God. I needed to like eat it and drink it and see it and be reminded of it. And um, I'm still there. And you know, the joke around our office is that every few months I'll like reinvent our business like forgetting that we already made it and so every few months I'll think like we somebody should make art with scripture (laughs) like we do that now that's what we do and I'm like right 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 okay gosh I forgot sorry um because I've that's still where I'm at like I'm still just desperate for God's word and um and needing it and and knowing that you know this the this picture of women like sitting down and reading their Bible every day for one hour is not only not happening, but it's also I think it's like crippling women and keeping them away from the word and mm-hmm. keeping them from just taking bites of it all day long. And so 
I'd like if we can do that through art and if we can write encouragement and truth on our hearts through our walls, why not? Totally. <laughs> that reminds me. So talk to us a little bit about the beginnings of your, your writing path. Where, where did you kind of start out? Yeah, well, um, in fifth grade, I won the Dare um, to Keep Kids Off Drugs um, writing essay. Nice. And <laughs> I was shocked. I, I, I was not a good student. I actually, the same year in fifth grade, I made my first test in school and I made it in English. And so I never had thought of myself as like any kind of a good student and definitely had not considered myself to be a good writer. Um, but someone told me by winning that essay that I was a good writer. And so I kind of just took them at their word, which is a whole another story and just, you know, speaking life over little girls because man is a game changer. Um, yeah. So I started to just believe, like, I think I can use my words to impact people or to change things. And it's funny, the other day, my mom and I were going through a, a box of memories, and she found this, like, huge stack of letters that I'd written her. And they weren't, like, sweeter sentimental letters, and instead, they were all letters that I'd written to her when I was in trouble. So every time I got in trouble, I would just write a letter, like, here's why I did it, here's how I'm sorry. I have a stack <laughs> of those letters, too. My words. Um and so, yeah, I think I think I don't even really self-identify as a writer. Um, that's I, I'm not the kind of person who's just like itching to write or born to write. But I do think of myself as a communicator, and I love the long form of being able to communicate over a book and, and using one like message over a long span of time. Um, but yeah, truly, I just think over time, I I notice like. I can impact people with my words, um, and they may not be beautiful, and people may not even finish it and think, like, wow, she's a good writer, but they they may have, like, seen something from a different perspective. And so um, I kept writing as a mommy blogger when I um, when my kids were young. I'd write about hair and um, Jessica Simpson and taking my kids to the zoo. Um, Naptime Diaries, right? Kid, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Was it Naptime Diaries? It was Naptime Diaries. Yeah, it was the name of my blog. And, um, yeah, we went through, we were going through that really hard season in our life. And I think people just kept kind of listening and reading because it was, like, a little bit like a train wreck. Um, but <laughs> well, once I realized I had their attention, I, I, I like, kind of kept hitting me, like, oh, I can still do this. I can still impact people with my words. And so, um from there, the rest is kind of just history. I was at a conference one time, and I had a, I had a publisher say like, "Hey, I'd love to take you out to dinner. Have you ever thought about publishing?" And I was like, "Yeah, like in like 15 years when I'm an adult, you know, I'm, I'm 26 <laughs> right now, so I'm not really thinking about it right now." Um, and here I sit, having written, you know, like five books and. I'm just grateful for the chance to keep using my words to hopefully yeah. impact people. Tia McNelly here. You may know that I spent years as a labor and delivery nurse coaching parents through the birth process. I nurtured them through the scary and joyful moments of walking, waiting, and working harder than they'd ever imagined, and then finally watching as the precious thing they'd conceived came to life in the outside world. Though I'm no longer working as a nurse in the hospital, it's my great joy to continue coaching people, but instead of babies, I'm helping people just like you birth their dreams. 
Do you feel like there's something growing inside of you and you can't quite picture it, but you already love it? Like you might just burst at any moment? Are you both exhilarated and terrified to think of what it would be like to have this thing out of you and in the world? If you know that God is calling you to start working on your dream and you have no idea where to begin, I can help. Let's do something great. Visit tiamcnelly.com slash coaching to learn more or email hello at tiamcnelly.com to get started today. Now, some of your books you wrote with a partner, Haley Morgan, yeah? Yes. And she has a new book. Do you want to give her book some props? Uh, absolutely. It's such a good book. Yeah, so I wrote Wild and Free with Haley Morgan, and then we also wrote a follow-up to Wild and Free called Always Enough, Never Too Much. Um, but her new book is out right now, and it's called Preaching to Yourself. Um, and, man, is it a good book. I read it in about 48 hours. And I, I can't say enough about it. It is the book that women in our generation are craving. And um, it's kind of like the book to end all books, like a little bit of it. Wow. You'll read it and you'll think like, I don't know that I need to buy 18 more Christian books. And honestly, like a good author does that. A good author reminds you, you have access to, to all of these things that you're looking for. You already have it in the word and in the Lord and um, and then the power that he's given you. So I just, I can't suggest it enough. That's amazing. Um, something else I really wanted to ask you about was your church, Bright City. How is it going? Yeah, that's such a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag church life. I could give, I could give like such a long answer there about like, you know, what is, how do, how do we think churches should be and what, it, what makes a church, church successful? But, um, what I will say is that it's, it's like the greatest adventure we've ever gotten to go on. And we're getting to tell people about Jesus and we're getting to tell people that he loves them. And, um, it's, so messy and it's so hard. And I would say we're probably doing it the messiest way possible. Um, but which is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's super life giving. And yeah, and we're, we're thankful to get to do it. So, um, yeah. What do you love most about your church? Oh, that's, that's a great question. Um, this is like asking love, what do you love most about yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's nothing nothing we've done, I'll tell you that right now. I mean, it's only what God's done. Um I I love that we are I love that we are just unprofessional enough to to take God seriously. And we're small enough and I pray that however we grow numerically or not, um, we stay small enough to take God seriously. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're just in a space where we don't have to follow a lot of like man-made guidelines. And we get to say like, if it it sounds like God's saying he wants to heal some people, let's make time for people to get healed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think when you have like a smaller church, it's, there's such a blessing to be able to just look and say like, what is it, what is it, what does it look like in scripture to have church? So like, there are some Sundays where we don't have worship, um, and 
in response to like the sermon, we'll all just like say like, all right, turn your chairs around and talk to five or 10 people and talk about that. But it sounds like you've just created a space where the spirit can move in any way and people are open to it. And it sounds like a beautiful church. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I hope so. I, I pray so. I mean, it's, it's, it's what's interesting is that it's so much work and, and this is work in a small church, a new church, an old church, a big church is that the real work is like getting out of the way. Yeah. The real work is like, how do we, how do we move ourselves out of this equation? How do we like not become a barrier? You know, how do we just make mm-hmm. space and then not mess it up? Because that's really hard. Um, so I feel like you're preaching to us right now as we move into a new season of collected workshops. That's really a wonderful message for the three of us to take hold of. So thank you for that. I feel like that's super specific for us right now. So that's great. So So Jess, we'd love to offer our listeners some like practical takeaways. So we'd love it. Like what is working in your life to keep you focused and on track and keep rooted in your identity? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Not groundbreaking, but I just started journaling again. I know a lot of people journal <laughs> and I used to a lot. And then I kind of like, I, I've all, I mean, for my whole adult life, I've like written with my hand something about the Bible almost every day, you know, whether that's like writing answers to a few different questions, but I just started the, the act of like opening a blank page and um, writing, like here's what I'm thinking. And I love even how you ask that question, like rooted in your identity, because, I find nothing connects me more to, like, who I actually am and who God is in me than just sitting and, and like, saying real words at the beginning of my day. Yeah. Um, and my my journal ends up being, like, a that plus a grocery list plus, like, a to-do list. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, like, the most honest, like, slice of, like, this is who I am and this is what life looks like. And that, and that one small tool has really helped me a ton lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say audiobooks. I cannot yeah. live without them. They have drafted. I, I was a late adopter to audiobooks. I didn't start listening to books until this year. And now I'm like, how do people grow and, and change without audiobook. Amen. Amen. I'm with you. And so I'll say one of the most practical things that I've discovered is the app Hoopla, H-O-O-P-L-A, because so many books are available through our local library that's connected to this app. And I'm with you. Like, I will never stop and sit down and read a paper book in the middle of my day. But if I'm driving from here to there, I can... I can open up Hoopla and listen to the 10,000 books that are on my list right now, one by one over the course of time. So yeah, that's, that's a great one. Audiobooks. I have a hard copy of your book, Jess. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You don't have to. It's totally okay. Um, (laughs) It's totally fine. But it's so pretty. Um, Also, if any, this is like a funny practical thing, but if anyone, um, ever feels guilty about listening to audiobooks as opposed to reading a physical book. And I will say I do both. Like I've got, I still have to do both. And I find like books that I want to save are more like spiritual books. I need a, I need like a hard copy, but if it's like, how do you grow? How to be a better leader? 
you know, that kind of thing, I'm all down for an audiobook. Um, but it is just a helpful tip to know that actually authors typically make more off of audiobooks than they do off of physical books. Great. Wow. That helps me so much. That's Thank so you. Great. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people have been like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I listen on Audible. And I'm like, oh, don't be sorry. Yeah. <laughs> don't be sorry. Fine by me. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> That's great. So, um, so what's next for you right now? What's on the horizon in the next few months? What are you going to be working on the most? Well, I, um, my publishing schedule is really rigorous. So I just wrote my fifth book and I get back edits for that any day, like any minute. I'm waiting for those to hit my email inbox. Um, but I actually start work on another book after that. Wow. About 2020. Um, so before my next book comes out, I will have already written the book that comes out after that. And then also before that book comes out, I will also write, um, the Bible study that goes along with this next book. Wow. So I'm doing a lot of writing right now. Um, and yet you don't identify as a writer, which is really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it helps me. I think not identifying as a writer really helps me because I don't get tripped up on like, am I a good writer? And was that good writing? And I really just, like my my questions are like, did that serve someone? Mm-hmm. You know, was that helpful? Um, so it kind of helps because I don't. There's nothing in me that like needs my words to be poetic or even all that memorable. Um, but um, so yeah, I'm doing a lot of writing, and um, I'm guessing go and tell gals. That's about it. Yeah, I'm I'm traveling a lot less during this heavy writing season. And um, we we are doing these go teams for Go and Tell Gals, which is essentially just our coaching for women in ministry or small business or who are interested in publishing. Um, And I'm having a lot, lot, lot of fun doing that. Oh, good. um, Yeah, that's been really life-giving. And what is the name of your podcast? It is Go and Tell Gals. That is, okay. Yeah. And it's phenomenal. And, you know, I just, I have to say out loud, you posted on Instagram, like, who do you think will be on the podcast? And I said Jessica Oniger, and she was there. I was so excited to listen. Her her new book is amazing, and I love everything that she's working on as well. So that's one of my favorite episodes so far. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, I'm really excited. We, I mean, I, I know that I know that everyone um, loves to hear from, like, well-known authors and speakers, and I am all for it. But um, a huge private motivation for me for Go and Tell Gals, and I I say private, but I tell people all the time, so it's not all that private. But I feel Mm -hmm. like um, I have, like, a real bone to pick with Christian fame. I don't love um, the idea of it, and I don't think it's instinctively – good at all yeah. so um, my hope is that if we're all using our gifts if everybody's talking about the word if everybody's teaching who's supposed to teach and everybody is serving who's supposed to serve and everybody is writing the words they're supposed to be then then no one will be famous for it and um, awesome. we won't have like a few people up on these really high pedestals and instead it will just be um it'll just be more common to hear people share what god put on their heart to share and so um with the podcast, I'm trying to do, we started out doing one episode a week and now we've bumped up to two episodes a week. And so every week we have an episode from someone that is 
kind of well-known or that people might have heard of. And then we're trying to also feature a woman who you might not have heard from to really just hear the real deal, like, here's what mission looks like in her life and here's what we can learn from her because um, I genuinely believe it's it's like a real woman pounding it out who no one knows about who um, who are there and we can be encouraged by. So I hope that it continues to do that as well as highlight those women. Well, we know it definitely will. Jess, thank you so much for giving us your time today. Yes. We really appreciate you talking with us and it was great to hear about everything that God is doing in and through you. Yeah. Hey, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for what y'all are doing and um, just such an honor to be running in the kingdom at the same time as y'all. Amen. Definitely. Cool. Well, Jess, right. thank you so much. Okay. Thank you guys. Have a great day. So Jess Connolly is, I, I mean, part of me was kind of speechless throughout um, that interview because even in that interview, the Lord spoke so clearly to me. Um, mm-hmm. She she mentioned Psalm 46.5, and that's a verse that I have in my room, on my wall, that's just been a constant word of encouragement for me, for me in this season of my life. Wow. And when she mentioned it and how that was a verse that, was like uh, an anchor for them in a difficult time. And that's been an anchor for me in this hard season of my life. And I was just like, thank you, Lord. Like you're speaking in the midst of this interview to me. And those little just, love notes, yeah, I think, you know, yeah. it's beautiful. It's awesome. What does that verse say again? Psalm 46, five. Um, oh, of course I would that. ask you. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember. You know what, guys? Look it up. The Lord is with her and she will not fall, or depending on the translation. Oh, yeah, yeah. um, Yeah. That's good stuff. Definitely. I mean, we want to drive you to the word, so go and look look up that verse. Look it up because I can't remember it. Something like that. (laughs) And go to Jess's shop and buy a a pretty version of it. Exactly. To hang on your wall. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, thanks for listening today and for joining us again. If you have not subscribed or rated or liked us in your podcast app, please do that as we grow our baby podcast. Um, that really helps us in the ratings so that we can get the word out so that we show up in other people's feeds. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would really appreciate that. And thank you so much to all of you who have been listening. We have been stunned yeah. Yeah. by the number of you who are listening and listening faithfully every week. So thank you so much. We're so excited. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would spread the word. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Check back for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday.